Well, we finished Ruth last week, and we're moving this week into our Advent season. Our Advent season is one where we, we take the month of December and we lead up to the celebration we make of Jesus Christ's birth. It's four weeks until Christmas now, and, and this is sort of a traditional thing in our church to consider the coming of Jesus to earth, that God became human, this great, mighty king of all became a helpless human babe. I, I think for this season, it, it's captured in one word, which I really like, and I don't know that you use it much. It's Noel, right? It's been, it's been maybe commercialized a little bit, but it's a French word that just means birth, birth of Jesus in the fullness of time. God sent a son, born of a woman, born under the law. His name is Jesus, and he means everything to us. So it's appropriate, even though he may have been birthed in April or who knows the exact date, that we take some time. And the way that we do it in our church, a lot of times we, we, we capture it around big words, but they're words sometimes that can mean Maybe they're overused, I don't know. When we say hope and peace and joy and love, we use those so broadly. Maybe, maybe you miss the great earth-shattering event that gives these words incredible meaning for us. So today, as we think about Advent, my... my See, even I want to say my hope is that you would see hope a little bit differently. That it would be something that gets into your soul. And we're going to spend time each time seeing how the birth of Jesus and and what that means for these amazing, deep concepts. And and maybe it seems too deep, but it's incredibly practical. It's incredibly how our lives are actually going to be lived out, who we're going to be, because, because if you can connect them, if you can see how these words are meant to be used in these ways, oh, the treasure of having true hope. Hope is what we're looking at today. Hope arrives. Hope is birth, really. How, how the arrival of Jesus brings hope and what it means for us. It's such a broad thing, right? We hope for everything. I, boy, yesterday I hoped it would rain. And it did, yahoo! Some of you were like, man, I hope the sun would come out. Like, like little trivial things sometimes, right? Longings that we, we might have. We have many hopes. We could call them dreams or wishes or longings, whatever. But, but, but they also go deeper, right? I hope my kids navigate this season of their lives well. I hope my mom, who's getting older, is, is, is well cared for in her home. I hope our country will come together in greater unity and understanding of each other. It starts to get a little deeper. I mean, and here's the thing. I start to evaluate when I have these desires and whether they happen or not as a marker of does God care for me. I'm not talking about whether it's going to rain. Although if you're a person who struggles with depression and it rains and it rains and it rains and it rains, you might start going, God, what are you doing? When I'm sitting there in my car 
I won't start. And I pray, God, help. Because I hope that the car's going to start. And I turn the key, and I turn the key, and I turn the key, and an hour later, I'm still turning the key. And then I'm getting a towed to Charlie. I'm going. Comes a little marker. Man, I wish God would answer me. Does he, does he care for me? How do I know that he cares for me when my sort of temporal hopes aren't going down? And I don't mean my car not starting. I mean my life falling apart or my job not going as out. All these big things, right? These actual things that I hope for that I think are reasonable hopes that God might give me. And all of a sudden, they're not going down. What? And, and that's the marker, right? I start going, Lord, if, if you did actually love me, you would give me my hopes, my dreams, my desires, something, That's where I go. They become the marker. And all of a sudden, today, I want you to shift the marker. Because you, you know this is true. But we still have trouble doing it. To say, wait a minute. I've got it backwards. I hope. And it's grounded, not as a desire or a wish, in something that God has done and shown to me and you. That we might know, no matter what happens, He's got us. He cares. So what I'm talking about hope, and I, to try and say, Janice, is hope for a future, for future good. Because I've already experienced the past. It's, it's done. I can try and frame it as it's good or bad. But for the future, you tomorrow, you the next day, you in eternity, that you say, I have future good. That's my hope in future good. And, and, and for that, I have this powerful God that I believe in, that he's for me. This is hope. Hope. Real hope that there's a God and he cares for me and my concerns and my struggles. I don't know what the future holds, but I know it's good if I, I hope I have assurance, confidence in this God who's for me. He cares for me and my family and and, and my church and and my life. And it's the the cry of the Old Testament, right? We read in Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, O God. O Lord, hear hear my plea. Did he hear? I don't really know. In that particular instance. What keeps you confident that your hope is secure, that God's for you? And, 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 and that's why this becomes really important and why I think in the world and, and the, the, the culture we're in, we start using all these words in 25 different ways to kind of distract you and me from the, the essential nature of what hope in our Savior is supposed to be actual hope and that's why we come back to advent and to noel <laughs> the birth so I, I, I that's a long introduction to try and get us in the advent season to calm our hearts with the wonder because this is the wonder of jesus christ for you and me and he came as a baby so i, I want to talk through that today as we start looking first glimpses of hope, going all the way back in the Old Testament, looking forward, and we get to, we could pick out a hundred different prophecies, amazing different things. But, but I'm not taking that approach with you today. Come talk to me if you want a list of prophecies, we can do it. The approach you and I want to take today, I'm, I'm hoping because it's, 
It's reality in our life. It's to get into our hearts the hope that comes by trusting Jesus who came as a babe for you and me. What does that mean? Well, it means you've got to see what our problem is. It means you've got to see what the actual sort of going beyond sort of a, a wish or a, a warm, fuzzy feeling is necessary because there's this robber of hope. Hope in sort of future good of God for us, of life and goodness, of joy. It, and, and, it, and it's called something. What is it called? Death. I want you to think about this with me. <laughs> Death is a robber of hope in our normal way of thinking. Right? It, it, it's an ending. So I'm, I'm, I'm after a future death. Yeah, but your life's going to end. And it does end. And, and it's, it's, it's a loss and a grief. I hoped to spend time with my dad. But he died three years ago. I can't actually spend time with him. He's gone. At least for the moment. For me. Right, I, the, it, it's it's a it's a real thing. After, but it was after a ten year decline where he he couldn't walk and he lost his ability to speak and to communicate. And how I hoped and how I prayed that he would be healed. Instead, what happened? Death. I've sat with people, many people in the hospital as they died. I've delivered babies. I've held them in their hand as they breathed and then they died. Talk about a loss of hope, right? And, and here's the thing. Death comes for everybody in this room. Isn't it a killer of hope? A killer of hope and future good and, and, and it looms over us. You're dying and this is what's in front of you and all this talk of health and healing and useful living is just ways to sort of avoid the big question of, yeah, we all die eventually. We're going down. And, and I believe the Bible puts this challenge about death right at the very beginning of the whole story, right? There's Adam and Eve in the garden choosing against God and his ways and thinking they themselves could, could, could be judges of, of, of good and evil. And, and, and here's what the Bible says about it. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, it's talking about Adam, <laughs> his wife Eve, and death through sin. So death spread to everybody because everybody sins. All sinned. This is called a loss of hope, right? Your life is on the way to ending, and so we often kind of say, well, okay, I won't, I won't, I won't look beyond that then. We'll just sort of, we'll just sort of set that aside, and, and I'll look at the years that I have, however many years that may be. It may be one day, it may be 25 days, it may be 40 years, I don't know. But, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to maximize that and maybe show that God and try and get God to love me for the moments that I have, and maybe I can negotiate with God about that a little bit. If I do some things for you, then you'll keep me from from bad circumstances until finally I know I'm a sinner, I've got to die. You live like that? I mean, we try and maximize the little hopes we have, the desires and wishes we have. We won't look at the big crusher of hope spelled in large letters. 
sinner. <laughs> but, but in the midst, right? So the story, and right away, God God's sets up, and, and, and that's in the Garden of Eden. That, that's, that's in Genesis chapter 3. That's early on. There are these glimmers that there's, there's hope that's going to come that's not about you making good choices. What do I mean? Well, there's this promise in Genesis 3. Remember, there's that, that Adam will have a son who will crush the head of the snake, the accuser, the one who pulled them away from God. There's this restorative idea that's, that's going to happen there. And, and, and so then, then Adam and Eve have a son. And, and they, they call his name Given. Oh, we've been given the son that's going to crush the head of the serpent. The name given, which you might know the name better as Cain. And he's going to bring life where death had come. Oh, wait a minute. It was a glimmer. A son. Life. And he produced murder. Death. That's Cain's story, right? But, but you, see it, you see it over and over. This promise to a seemingly random man, Abram, that God will bless and provide a seed. Something good comes. And the promise to that barren old couple, Abraham and, 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 and Sarah, and, and she's laughing, she's so old. And in fact, he can't wait for the son. He, he, he goes ahead and has a kid by her handmaid, Ishmael. So, so you see these glimmers, right? Of there's something coming that's really amazing. There's something coming that's going to conquer our worst, most horrible thing that you could have, which is death. And, and it's coming. But, but always these little glimmers. And they're not fully there. But they are glimmers. The promise to this barren old couple that they'll have life. God's making a nation out of those in bondage. God freeing them and making them his people. God raising up a deliverer, Moses, who met with God and told people how to live and what to do so that God would have favor upon them. So what did they stumble a lot? They had favor from God and thus they had hope. Because hope is hope in a future good which is dependent on favor from the all-powerful God. Hope as God gave them a land. Hope even as they continued to stumble. He raised up deliverers, judges. Hope with a promise to, to, to one king, David, that he would have a forever king on the throne. Right? So, so, so these glimmers, but, but they're glimmers in the midst of disappointments. And I've already mentioned some of them. Sorry, I'm jumping. Right? It's not just Cain, who isn't the Savior. It, it's, it's not just Abraham who gets the promise, but, but, but can't wait on it. Right, it's it, it's all over. So, so you get here's here's an example. So, so you get an amazing son of Israel, because Jacob, who was Isaac's son, was 
changed his name. He got his name Israel. And he had 12 kids. And one of the kids gets sold off into slavery. But through that amazing story, it's an incredible story of Joseph going down to Egypt. I'm sure you know it. And, and through them, God rescues the whole family. And they all get rescued. What hope they have of, of now food. They get rescued out of food and they get hope. What a picture of, oh, God, who, who's a giver of hope. And they have hope. And then that hope ends with what? You go to the next chapter of the Bible and they're in slavery. It leads to slavery. It doesn't ever seem to kind of work out. Kind of seems like my life. Nothing's working out. The people are rescued. Moses is leading them. He has a shining face. And they don't obey God. Like over and over, even Moses doesn't get to the, go, to the land that God's going to give them. There's this hope of, oh my goodness, God's going to dwell with us and he's around us. But, but, but they can't ever do. Even the simple stuff that God says you should do. God, Moses is up talking to God up there. They're down worshiping some other God with a calf and the base in the mountain. And then they go into this land. God graciously gives them, oh, a hope, a future, a land for us to be in. A, a, it's going to be good. God, God's blessed us. And, and in the midst of it, they just can't get it right. Maybe I can. But they didn't. So you have these deliverers that God raises up over and over. We call them judges, but they're, they're little saviors. They're people that come in. Glimpses of hope. And at every one a disappointment because it lasts a little while and then it goes away and they get worse and worse and by the end it's Samson. Really the hope he has is he kills a bunch of people as he dies. More when he dies than when he lived. And if you don't catch that that's a play on you're not escaping the big problem which is death. You get shining words and, and, and pictures. David's promised descendant, but then the promised descendant, we think it might be, right? Solomon, this amazing man, more, no more wise. And, but he's, he's not even following the Lord rightly. There's no hope in that. And then over and over, if you read the Old Testament, I guarantee it'll put you to sleep. Well, I don't guarantee that. It's the word of God. It shouldn't ever put you. You should be so amazingly interested in all the names of the 55 kings. Half of which start with A and end with H. As they over and over and over. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. Maybe this is the one. The giver of hope. The bringer of hope. The one who will finally be. No, 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 no. It's just like a spiral down. Disappointments everywhere. What, what are they? That the pictures of deliverance, the pictures themselves and the actual things, if they're, if they're not just pictures, but actual reality of bringing hope by, by their, their obedience, by, by their actions, by all these things, they're, they're a huge disappointment. They're, they don't happen. Why didn't they work? You know the answer. Not saying anything you don't know. Because the connection of the hope 
we have is always connection to us bargaining with God, to our actions. That's what it was. Like maybe this is the person, but their actions aren't good enough. I make the connection. Their actions go astray, and so I know they're not the one. And, and so I, I, I make that link, right? And you can trace it all the way. There's glimpses of hope. There are promises of hope. There's rescue from death. There's David's promise to send it, but David died in sin. You get shining words in Isaiah and Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Daniel. One like the Son of Man will come. So I'm looking. There's, there's something there. But they didn't experience it. All of these people in the Old Testament, they got to see the disappointments about how sin ruins everything and how everyone's a sinner. There's a hope for future good, which rested on promises that God made to Abraham and David. And and it becomes really clear that they're looking for a deliverer. They're looking for someone who's coming who's going to crush the head of the accuser from back in Genesis. And it became harder to hold that, though, as time went by, because it became harder to actually trust that God was for them, because bad things were happening. And we then say, when bad things happen to me, I start to lose hope. Why? Because they're a marker for God not actually being for me. If he loved me, if he cared for me, he would have my kids contact me. If he loved me, he wouldn't get me out of a job. My husband wouldn't leave. My kids wouldn't be like they are. My parents would be kinder. Everything would, like over time, our circumstances that we connect to our hope in the favor of God, that's how we judge it. And, and we're full of disappointments. And, and then we get in the Bible, we say, I realize why it's full of disappointments. It's because I'm not good enough. Death because of what? Sin. So I am definitely going to die. Why? Because I am a sinner. That, that's this. All have turned aside. This is a quote from the Old Testament, but it's this is the actual piece I'm taking is from Romans 3, right? Because all have turned aside. Together they become worthless. He's talking about every single person who's ever lived. No one does good, not even one. What about Jesus? Yeah, we're not there yet. Don't worry. Don't get mad at me. We're saying everybody. Where's the hope in that? There isn't any. Except you're not going to be the one who messes up. But, but you already are. So there, there's, this, there's this piece where everyone who ever lived has fallen down. And there's a promise for sure, but there's example of disappointments and evidence everywhere you look of disease and dysfunction and death. And, and, and the best I can hope for is to fear God and, and, and because I believe there's a God and to try and obey him. And it's not particularly helpful or hopeful, but it's the best of God. I mean, that, that, that's a reading of the Old Testament, you know. But more than just a reading of some dry book that you don't, that's your life. We, we have this idea that we transactionally, man, if I'll do stuff for God and I'll, I'll be faithful to God, then he'll be faithful to me and he'll bless me. That, that's, uh, that's functionally how most people work. That's why the arrival is so important. This is why we're doing this. 
This is why Noel becomes the, the peace, right? The birth of God who became man, right? The one born of Adam, the one born of Abraham, the one born of David, the promised one. And the Bible declares that he is fully human and fully God. You can't even really plumb the depths of that, right? So, so put aside your hope for a minute and just say, wait a minute, the wonder of this happening, this event happening is so remarkable. We can't even really understand the pieces of it. And, and we try from the Bible, right? Here's one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Well, okay, so there's this really amazing word that's with God, who's like the deity of, of, of all things and the most powerful thing ever. He's with God. He was in the beginning with God. And then it goes on to say he became flesh and dwelt among us. What? Or here's, here's Hebrews. Long ago, at many times, in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Yeah, you know, Moses' face glowing as he met with God or the bush burning or wh- Whatever. But in these last days, he's spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed the heir of all things and through whom he created the world. I'm a scientist by training. I want more information. How did God create the world through Jesus? Here it is. I have no idea. It's way beyond my pig, right? It's way beyond my understanding. I have no idea how God, and who, you know, Jesus can exist in eternity past as a trinity, which he did. And with God, he is with God. And, and, and then he created everything that is, and we breathe and exist. It's a mystery. It's, we have no idea how this works. But then, but then the greater mystery, the most, most amazing thing, is he actually became a baby. And I'm not just talking because baby, someone told me last night I was, at a, at a dinner, and someone says, yeah, babies are like old, withered, old man raisins. I know they're not. Some people think they're cute. <sighs> that was a joke. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. That, that God becomes limited, and I just, I can't, I can't really parse it. I don't really, it's too much for me. To, I can say it. I can say it and, and, and even believe it. I, I believe it with all my heart, but, 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 but I don't understand it. But he came. And this arrival then is actual hope is the thing. Like when we talk about Advent, now, now we're talking about hope and we're talking about the birth of Jesus. It's because it's not more instruction to be good. It's not transactional at all. It, it, it's totally divorced from the idea of, 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 of if I, I hope, I hope that I'll get this thing and if God loves me, then he'll give me that thing eventually. And, and, and maybe I can bargain with God a little bit about how getting the actual thing that I want. This just blows that away. Because it says, look, God adores you. Here's the proof. Well, what about the thing I wanted? No, 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 stop. Here's the proof. Here's the thing. Here's the hope that you have. There's no hope in you doing what you need to get life. Not one of us raised up better, but, but, 
We're sinners experiencing death, and actually God became human to be our deliverer, and that's what all these glimpses were for, and all the disappointment showed that it wasn't that particular thing, but we're looking forward to this actual deliverer who came, the Noel, the birth, the birth of God become man. He stepped in. That's what all the promises, all the stories were pointing forward to, our inability to provide for our future. And his ability and plan and action to step in, to give us hope, hope for future good, hope for rescue from death, hope in a deliverer, a rescuer, a savior. Oh, glory be. This is the event of all time. God become man. And this is our hope, this child who's God's gift to you and me forever. He gives life. That's his whole thing, right? Come to me, I'll give you living water. Eat of me, you're the living bread, and you'll have life. How can he say that? Because you're a sinner. Sin means death, and I still think, well, is that true? This is the Christian message, right? Whoever trusts in him has hope because we have future good and present promise from God to us simply by trusting that this is the way, this is the story, not to find hope in our obedience, in our acting like somehow this is our, not our Savior. Receiving it, right? I mean, that's why we use verses like this. See what kind of love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. That is simply a blessing. From who? The, the love the Father gave us, which is who? Jesus is the love the Father gave us. He was born. He came for you and me. Okay, so when I say that I have hope this morning, it's not hope that, that it will rain. It already is, I guess. It's not that I'll avoid my car breaking down didn't happen wish it did not happen i have hope for future good and and present love from god to me not because of anything i've done and and again you've heard this from me We, we we say it every week i feel like but this is the message not a possibility dependent on me but a reality given by god assurance what what hebrews calls a our hope is a an anchor of the soul how can it be an anchor of the soul if it's, it's just a desire? Because it's not a desire. It, our hope is grounded in something God's already done. He came. Future good, present care. That's Noel, right? That's, that's the advent. That's why we spend time doing this. It's the most important thing ever. God with us, Emmanuel. Jesus Christ, the Son of Man. Son of God. He's for you and me. Okay, so before we end, though, I I, got to say one thing. It's me, so one thing will take 25 minutes. No. Now, I got to say this, because because you you probably agree with all of this, but there's an objection, because here's, here's the thing. This is the objection. I don't see it. I don't see it. 
right? I see nothing good. My life, you can say, yes, Dax, I agree theologically with my head. I get it. This is the message of, of the Bible. This is God. We are loved in Jesus more than we can comprehend. Jesus did come as a babe. This is what we celebrate at Christmas. This is our whole idea of God who sacrificed and died for me. But I don't see any positive result in my life. I'm trying to be passionate because some of you guys might be passionate about this. So I get the message, but actually my life is still broken. When did my life become not broken? If, if, if that's your objection, I so get it. But it's actually the pathway the Bible gives you. It's not unaware. God's not unaware. That, let, let me show you. Here. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things that I see happen in my life. No, actually, it doesn't say that. It says the things not seen. What, what, does, that, what does that mean? It, it means you could live your whole life without seeing the culmination of your salvation. That's what hope is. You say, well, that's just that one verse. I know, everybody knows that verse. It connects faith, which is trust, to the idea of hope. And what we're hoping for is future good that we don't see yet. So obviously, I, I get it, but, the, but no. Keep going. This is Romans. For in this hope we were saved. The hope that Jesus brings, right? Now, hope that is seen is, oh, look, not hope. For who hopes and what he sees? The whole idea is that God has done this, but, but, but he's not then made it so your hope is in you. Your hope remains in this babe who became a man, who died for you and me. You don't see what you hope is true. The confidence of that hope, though, that's faith, the assurance of things not seen. That's why we're speaking of hope. Jesus didn't tidy up the world. This is the objection, right? But, but it's the truth as well. Like, if you're making this objection, I'm with you because, because it's the truth. And people who try and argue it's not the truth aren't telling the truth. Does that make sense? Yes, it did. Why? Because Jesus didn't tidy up the world. That, that's bizarre because we want it tidied up with Jesus coming, his arrival and even after, but neither Jesus' death or his resurrection or his ascension makes the least practical difference in the way the world is run. I mean, I, I'm, I'm just saying that as observationally. We still die. That, that's my main thing. But Jesus came 2,000 years ago and he brought life and hope and all these things. And real, but, but you still die. And I try and work my way around it. You know, like, but I have true life now that's going to extend forever. Yes, I know, because you'll be resurrected. That's my hope. But guess what? I don't see it. I've never seen my dad again. He died three years ago. I never see my grandma again. She died 18 years ago. I, I never see these things because, because it still happens. You, you, and, and to argue somehow that now that you're a Christian, that, that it no longer happens to you, you're whistling in the wind past the graveyard. You still die. Even though we believe sin has been overcome by grace, we are still nobodies. Even though we believe we're heirs of the kingdom, this is not an easy gospel to proclaim. It looks like, like we're not, it looks like we're selling something invisible. 
At least, at least, that would be more helpful to the sales department if I could tell people, you know what? Believe in Jesus. Your life will be so much better. Your kids will rise up and call you blessed. Your spouse will, will kneel at your feet in worship of your wondrous love. Your life will just shine with amazing wonder. None of it's true. Why? Because my hope is in Jesus, not in me. He promises that he's going to do something. And then he went away. The Lamb of God came and he lived and he died and he rose from the dead. Get me not wrong. But then he went away. And he said, I'm coming back for you. And he says, I will raise you from the dead. And he says, I've got a place prepared for you. And all of those things, because he is God and the, uh, the object of the person promising means the, it's not just some wish that I'm hoping on. It is a sure truth, but that's called faith, that what he said is true because I have a future. Why do I have it? Because he came. Not because I experience it now. Never. Right, but, and I, so you got to avoid the temptation is by sort of hook or crook to, to to produce some visible, tangible awesomeness for the world's inspection, the like prosperity or, or or you know, hey, hey, prayer will start your dead car. Man, I need more of you to show up and pray for my dead car. Prayer will heal your dad. Maybe. God does amazing things. I'm not, I'm not discounting miracles. But I'm, but I'm saying, that's not my hope. My hope is what Jesus Christ said because he came. God, the king of the universe, became a baby. And, 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 and because he loves me that much, he died for me. And when he went, he said, I've got you, kid. He didn't say that literally. Don't get me wrong. We want to rewrite the story sort of with power seen, with strength revealed, with faithfulness revealed. My faithfulness. That somehow the awesomeness is us, worthy of, of, of Jesus coming, now that we've put our faith in him. But it's not there. Neither history nor revelation encourages the least expectation that working on yourself or others is going to turn the world back into Eden. What we're invited to believe is there's a new Jerusalem. That's coming down for the marriage to a lamb who became one of us, who died for us, who became part of this earth, who made all of it matter because he adores us. This is the promise of God who's been with us all along. And it's always been the promise, but it always pointed forward to Jesus, which is why we don't take four weeks and celebrate David or Abraham, because they were pointing to this one, Jesus. Look what's going to happen, you guys. This is Revelation. I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tent, the dwelling place of God is with man. What a wonder. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. Doesn't end there. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. 
This is the end of Revelation with what God actually has promised us with, with hope becoming sight that's not sight now. Would you trust him? There's really nothing more to do and all of it's this one thing. God became human. He came as a babe for us. Okay, that's, I, topicals like this are hard for me. I'm going to take one passage. But sometimes you've got to get the whole message. And so we take this piece for you and me today, and I'm asking you, would you enter into real hope? Right, you've got to get real. Hope for life, for a future, that there's a God and he cares for me. And the Bible says, yes, it's in Jesus Christ, not in yourself, not ever. We have glimpses of Jesus coming. We have disappointments in people's sins and the actual arrival of hope, the God who became man and faith, the assurance of this hope, the confidence of this hope is unseen because God doesn't promise that he's going to shape up your temporal life here on earth. He doesn't reform the world or you. You and I die and he resurrects you. This is the hope that you and I have, the babe who was born in Jesus. And here we end with this. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you might abound in the midst of all this broken world and your broken life and all the things that don't work in hope. That's Christmas. That's for you. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much that you bring us hope. And the hope that we have is in the babe who came, your son. Oh, forgive me, Lord, I forget it. I put my hopes in so many other things, especially in myself. But Lord, we trust you. We trust your ways. We know that your word is true. And as we gather here and our lives are not well put together and we're not yet what we will be, Lord, we pray that you would come quickly. We want to be like Jesus and we will. We know we'll see him as he is. But this day, I pray that you would give hope to those gathered because you came for us, because you promised that we will be new because our lives are in you forever. We praise your name, the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, before we